0: Might of the US Robinson a show. Stop. It! Welcome, my friends, uh, to a show that seemingly never, sort of, ever ends. Uh, this is version number a one, eight, zero, goose egg. And this show is on the, on the cusp of a, the uh, Till Bronson to do. For those of you who still need a MMA anchor, on the cusp of that, the entire show is on the powers and virtues of negative thinking. Bad brains got their PMA. Eugene S. Robinson, showstopper, has the NMA. Negative mental thinking. No uh, uh, positive mental. What's it? PMA. P- positive mental attitude. Negative mental attitude. Which I can't take credit for, since negative approach did it first. Because they're not ready to accept a ah, negative approach. But let's have let Bob Riley sing us in as he has his 2007 Stigmata intro. All of nothing. Calling it a just. I'm taking a real good look. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So, being paid back in full, always nothing still available. Stigmata, Calling
1: of the Just, Intro, All of Nothing, still available from Revelation Records. You can find them online in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer, shoot you to death in the nightclub. And run your mayor pro tem out of town. This is version a one eight zero. Is my if you're into oh sorry eight is uh if you're into numerology my 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 numer new numerological familiar. What the hell is happening here? What 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 the hell? My lavalier is sucking tonight. So anyway, uh, this is version one eight zero. And uh, let's get the commercials out of the way. Uh, um, this is my wallet. Like Luke Stewart said, Strike Force champion Luke Stewart and tattoo genius said uh, when I pulled this out last time I was at his shop getting my legs done, he said, You know, that actually looks like something somebody would want to steal. <laughs> Which I have to say, the wisdom of using this as a wallet maybe is not that great, but it keeps people from scanning, walk by scanning the numbers on my credit cards. Of course, I've gotten too paranoid to carry credit cards in here anymore, so I just have a driver's license and stuff, stuff. but I also have real cash from Tommy LB. Sends it the old-fashioned way. Uh, through the mail. Pinko, oh, uh, Sorry. Uh, P.O. Box, one, a nine, a two, a seven, one. Stanford, California, 94309, if you so care, choose to do so. Let's write it down there. Everybody who shows up late will have no idea why this is here. Do not tell them. I don't know why I'm making it harder on myself.
0: Siri is fucking with me
1: uh, yeah okay hold on what about now 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 can you hear me now it's working now all right I have to I have to disable Siri yeah hold on I, it seems that I'm working on somebody else's computer I, I have to disable Siri So hold on one second while I try to do that, because it keeps wanting to know to disable Siri. Uh, And then it says, sorry, can't do that. (laughs) All right, hold on. Uh, Well, uh, shit, man. What about now? Is it working now? You guys can just like fuck with me the whole show. Ah, Eugene, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? What about now? Anybody? <laughs> you can hear me. <laughs> Why should I believe you? All right, you know what? I'm going to do the show. Those of you who are adept at lip reading, I suggest you read my lips. Yes, okay. So uh, I was just doing the commercials anyway. So uh, the the total the take uh, via Patreon was two seventy eight, um, uh, out of which I cut. Uh, I'm sure she doesn't want me uh, giving her business. I cut a uh, four figure check to to, to uh, June uh, for uh, all of the the nice bumper stuff she does for the show, putting it around. And so this is what the money goes for. Uh, ultimately, clearly, I've got a flickering screen on this laptop. Those guys who refuse to copy over all of the. All of all of my all of my computer. Those guys, I will not let them work on it again. The other guy died working on it. I think probably I've been saving, putting away a little bit each month for uh, uh, for the purchase of a new computer. Which maybe, of course, the illusion is that it will solve all my problems. We know that's not true. Anyway, you got Venmo, you got Cash App, you got PayPal, you got direct mail, you got all that stuff. So let's stop talking about money and get to the show. The virtue, the powers, and virtues of negative thinking. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you where it started. And eh, eh, uh, so, uh, gym is technically closed because of the holidays. But the the real hardcore addicts, the drug addicts, the jiu jujitsu the jujitsu diehards, been showing up like at seven o'clock in the morning. Fuck that! It's Friday. Fuck that! It's Saturday. Fuck that! it's Sunday. Fuck that! It's a holiday. We're there, right? So we're there, and and I find that there's a tone and timbre to the different times of day that people work out that is completely character defining, right? Like you don't casually wander in at seven o'clock in the morning. You gotta get up at six o'clock to get there at seven o'clock. Even if you live 10 minutes from the gym, you got to put your stuff in the car. You got to get whatever, you know, take your aspirin, whatever supplements you got to go. You got to get there. There is some traffic. You can't drive like a zombie because cops are always creeping around at that time of the morning. It's completely dark and it's cold. Right? Completely, I also train at noon sometimes. Completely different setup from the guys who wander in at flip-flops at noon or 1230. Completely different setup. Also the cats that come after work completely different setup their heads are in the work game they're trying to sneak something in before they get home uh, he he or she's trying to get something sneak something over get home to an unhappy spouse that they don't really just immediately go from 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 work to the house that's it you know so it, it's just a different they're all different so I start talking today and um let me let me see if I this is a family show let me see how I can tell this story um let's see. I was at a party. And when I say I, I really mean I. <laughs> and when I say a friend or a guy, I really mean a friend or a guy, right? So, yeah, yeah. If you got 24 hour fitness, I used to, me and Mossback, my training partner out in Brooklyn, would go over to 24 hour fitness right when they first opened. And we'd go, like, he, would, he was a baker, get off of his shift at like midnight. We'd work out, play some racquetball, run, then work out from like two to three. Not that wasn't that fun, but it was nice and empty. So I was at this party, I, 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 and I would be incorrect if I was to say that the party didn't involve nudity and sexual uh, uh, activity. I'm a grown adult, so you got me, right? It was an orgy, something. <laughs> All right, Marty. <laughs> Marty Galiski is telling me not 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 <laughs> to do it. He's telling me not to do it. And you know what I'm gonna do? I finally figured out a way that we could have a uh, uh, listener parti- participate partici- with partici- partici- listener per- participation listener participation in, in a more significant way. I got it. i yeah, yeah, you're right about that. It's all online and it's you know whatever just let me get to it. so what i'm going to do at some point is auction off my phone number and 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 whoever whatever i haven't really figured out the parameters i just made this shit up you'll be able to call on the phone which i have here you call on the phone i put it on speaker and you become the guest what did, what did tell me to do? I don't remember. So anyway, so that's
0: Wow. Okay. The Siri. No, God isn't
1: the Siri. How do I shut this down? It's, it's coming. Let me see. Force quit Siri. Is like fucking up my life here. Every it, it, every time it comes on, yeah, that's probably a sign. Anyway, I don't need to tell this filthy story to get to make my point. Uh, but I do need to turn this Siri off. I know. I know. I, uh, how do I turn it off? Let's go to settings. I'm sorry to have to make you do this to me but do this with me but uh you, you know let, let let let's see um cuz I here we go I never noticed it before oh current Siri on and off perfect uh voice feedback on off I think it's off now enable Siri I I I've disabled it perfect it should work for the rest of the show now I don't know why it was on I'm guessing you can hear me so um i'm just gonna give you the reader's digest version because cooler heads are talking me out and telling the full story so uh yeah 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 so so let me god damn it's harder it's harder to tell the reader's digest version of the story um
0: right now what about now
1: what about now I think so now right somebody give me a side give me a side this is too much for June but <laughs> yeah yes all right so all this uh this uh lavalier that I was bragging about clearly doesn't fucking work so that's the death of the lavalier Any yeah anybody else uh, want to send me a lavalier that'd be cool this power, the wise one sucks. It almost destroyed the show. So, um, so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, Mr. Marcus, the male porn star—I don't know why I have to say male porn star—Mr. Marcus, the porn star, um, <laughs> uh, says to me at one point in it, during the interview. He goes, "Everybody talks a good game about being upright and righteous." And when your back is turned, they're trying to drag you into a bathroom stall, All right? Um, <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to drag you into a bathroom stall. And and at first, I kind of kind of laughed at him, but then in in 1999 or thereabouts, right around the time when I was doing the interview with him, I had sort of a a, a road to Damascus moment. Where Saul gets struck blind and turns into Paul, or alternatively, uh, 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 you, you know, I mean, all of these world figures have had it where they have this kind of cataclysmic event, and from that point on, their, their lives are completely different. And it, it, for me, the, the the moment was where the phrase came to me in a dream. It was like I was shot in the forehead with a diamond. That was my Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. And it became crystal clear to me, quiet embrace of self. That's it, just that phrase. And I said, you know, I've noted that these great world figures, when they have this moment, they pretty much go on to do completely terrible things afterward. So I can't let that happen. You, Those of you can't, Donna Shalala, me on my own show, those of you long time listeners, you heard this story before. But I decided to, this was the point which, Becoming wasn't an issue. Being was the issue. I was as I am. Like Popeye said, I am what I am. And at that point, um, I was no longer going to strive or struggle to be anything else. And that was a conceit of youth. I was done. In 1999, if I was born in 62, I was uh, 37, right? About the age when you should be doing that serious come to God stuff, right? And so my world my view darkened. And I realized that Mick, Mr. Marcus was more right than not. And it was like having those glasses on that, on that movie, They Live, where you put the glasses on, and then all of a sudden, you see the world in a very different way. Now, I'm not saying that, 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 that you're looking for this. It's what you're seeing. There's a great scene in my favorite movie of all time. I'm not going to cheat you of this movie. You should see it without reading anything about it. It's called The Servant. It's like a 1961 movie with Dirk Bogart, James Fox, Sarah Miles, who actually drove not one, not two, but very possibly three men to their suicides in real life. It's called The Servant. And there's a scene in The Servant. And this is not cheating the movie necessarily, where uh, a butler and his sister are working for an aristocrat. And the butler says to, um, to the sister, get longer skirts. Your skirts are too short. The butler then says to the aristocrat, I think you should talk to my sister. Her skirts are too short. I want them lengthened. He goes, she's your sister, why don't you talk to her? He goes, you're the boss, you talk to her. So he says to the sister, the ma- who's the housemaid, you know, your brother suggested that you maybe should get longer skirts, because your skirts, skirts are too short. And she's like, well, all the girls wear them this length. All This, this is very popular, you know, all, all the girls wear them this length. His girlfriend calls on the phone right about the time they're having this conversation. They look at each other. They look at the phone, and they go back to looking at each other. And she jumps up on the butcher block and says, I don't really think my skirts are too short. Do you? And all of a sudden, those glasses from They Live are on, and you see the world not as you'd like it to be, but as it is, some might call this cynicism. In fact, this morning at jujitsu, it was called cynicism, and I was I was I was described as a cynic. And 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 the Pollyanna of the group said, "I don't believe walking around as a cynic." Is a positive way to make your way through life, or some version of that. I, I don't know. I wasn't listening. And at first, I tried to argue that point. In other words, argue me being anything other than what I was. But I Pascal wagered it, and I, I tried to get them to understand it by say, "Look, look." <laughs> What you're saying to me is the equivalent of saying, you know, the last four times I went to that cave, there was a bear in there. Let's go today, the bear's probably gone. Which of course caused them to all immediately begin laughing and mocking me. Because I use the bear meme quite often, which so now they talk about space bears, when I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to make an analogy for hidden danger, hidden perpetual danger, and Pollyanna. There's a great series of, of, of books that was kind of derived from Mark the Match Boy and all that Horatio Alger stuff, where there's a character who I and this may be real, and then they spun it off for some kind of like dark goth thing, kind of like Edward Edwin Gorey, but with this character, like nothing but bad things happened to that. Him, her, or them, I don't remember. The guy who's the guy who's who's avoiding cynicism because it darkens his take on life, walks into that cave. I do not walk into that cave. This what's a negative way to go through life? Your orientation, your, your the boundaries of your existence are, are, are negative. You know, not the fun you could have on the mountain, but the fact that on the mountain you might die on the mountain. Let's Pascal wager that. As I move through life, cynic that I am, am I more or less likely to be disappointed at the shortcomings of my fellow human beings? More or less likely. Shortcomings of my, human, my fellow human beings as a cynic. I think you can safely say that I'm less likely to be disappointed in the shortcomings of my fellow human beings as a cynic because I expect them to fall short. In actual fact, if you are a Christian, that's written into the coda. (laughs) We're all born into sin. They tell you right out, you're a fuck-up. Your mother's a fuck-up. Your father's a fuck-up. Your whole family's a fuck-up. Your son's a fuck-up. Your daughter's a fuck-up. All of you are fuck-ups. That's Christianity. In fact, every single religion is premised on this idea that you are a fuck-up. My take is no different. So knowing that you're gonna fuck up, we always we always knew uh, we always knew that you would fail, but uh, never quite so spectacularly, you know. So h- how often do I really want to be surprised? Once again, it's the bears. The joke about the guy who goes and shoots and takes the handgun to shoot the bear. The bear knocks a handgun out of his hand and rapes the guy. Next, the guy says, "I need I need a bigger gun." Gets a shotgun. Goes the bear, sweeps in the shotgun out of his head, rapes the guy. The guy goes, that's it, I'm going out. Takes a bazooka, goes out and tries to hunt the bear. The bear knocks the bazooka out of his hand, and rapes the guy. And the bear finally looks at the guy and goes, hey, you're not here for the hunting, are you? (laughs) Okay, How many times am I going to let my fellow human beings as a Pollyanna, how many times, and I I think that was the name of the character, Pollyanna, actually. How many times am I going to let fellow humans disappoint me before I go? I need to make a course correction here. The guy who says he's going to show up at 5 o'clock in the morning to drive me to the airport is probably not going to show up at 5 o'clock in the morning. So I need to have a plan B. Keep in mind, I do not stand in judgment of this man. I completely understand waking up, looking at your clock on 5 a.m. going, fuck Eugene. I'm take a fucking Uber to the airport. What am I, a slave? Okay, I got you. I got you. I fully expect them to fail. So what if I, my orientation is negative, but what have I lost? I've maintained a friendship. I got my ass to the airport at 5 o'clock in the morning. And, and my worldview is confirmed. That is a win. What does is, what is a Pollyanna do in that instance? Hey, man, you said you picked me up. It's 5 AM. Hey, man, it's 530. My plane leaves in 45 minutes. Hey, man. Hey, man, I missed my plane. You think you maybe could reimburse me because you said you'd pick me up? Get the fuck out of here. Reimburse you for what? Well, you know, I missed my plan. That's like the cartoon noise. Okay, so Pascal's wager. So as a cynic, underestimating, underestimating or correctly estimating the shortcomings of my fellow human beings, how does that rob me of enjoyment of life? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's liberating. Anybody who I deal with knows that I expect so little from them. A friend of mine said, Dr. Steve Ballinger said to me, Eugene, tell you what, I'd do anything for you. I go, wow, Steve. That's, that's, he goes, precisely because I know you'll never ask me for anything. So that if you were actually to break down and ask me for something, I'd know it was really important, and I would, with, within reason, you know, sighted unseen, I would do it for you. I asked him for one thing. My kid went hung out with Ruby the other day. She was like, you do seem like a steward. I go, steward? It's like happy. It? She goes, steward. What kind of person who stews over something. I say that to preface this next story. I asked Steve in 1982 if I could borrow his car to do some band stuff, like pick up some drums or some records, or oh, some records that come in, pick up a bunch of records from the from the station. He goes, you want a car? Buy a car. <laughs> I never asked Steve for anything after that. <laughs> yeah. I have, however, sat and waited for Steve to ask me if he could borrow my car. <laughs> now, if you remember, and if you read one of the Substacks, Steve is also the guy, I didn't name him in the piece because I didn't think a well-respected doctor would want this. Steve is also the guy who came over to my trailer when I lived in a trailer. And uh, and pointed a gun at me, and said, "I know what you've been doing." Don't. Do, and then he carries his mummery through for like five to ten minutes before he finally says, "Ah, I'm just fucking with you." Take a look at this gun. And so I wait from 1982 to like 1985 when I purchased a firearm. And he came over to my, my my the garage I lived in at the time. I said, "Sit down." Made him sit on the couch and I did word for word the same bit and he had no idea, no memory of it. So automatically, I'm the crazy guy, right? I'm the crazy guy. <laughs> okay. So, so as a cynic, I find that my orientation to my fellow human beings is forgiving, it's it's open, and and it the, the darkness suits me. It, it, it's it's a comfortable take and it suits me really well. I did start a new Instagram eugene.s.robinson, uh, Instagram at Eugene and I did this after the urgings of my my wife specifically because um, because Mr. Sleep 3 is uh, is private, which means the, the difference will be slight, but uh, I do maintain Mr. Sleep 3 I guess at this point now for my family who doesn't get to see their grandkids uh, as often as they might. Um, or their great grandkids, and so I put up family stuff, and uh, so I'm going to so- slowly start to migrate all the public stuff over to Eugene S. Robinson. Also, also, you know, on job applications, they typically ask, "Do you have an Instagram account?" So uh, this will be the PG version, the Eugene S. Robinson. But inevitably, there's mission creep with my stuff, so it'll probably just be like Mr. Sleep Three in about three months because I've forgotten all about this idea that was supposed to be professional and clean anyway. Mm-hmm. There's Mr. J.W. He's here, though. That's what matters. So, so the citizens. So this other viewpoint is like, insofar as I paid attention and understood, was that you know life is you know a wonderful jubilee jamboree of good things, and you got to open yourself up to them. And 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 it, it's so much that you. There's an old expression about don't draw a picture of the devil on the wall. You know, you don't encourage bad things. You know. And I go. I love your. I love your. Who's that guy? Norman Vincent Peale. Powers of positive thinking. I love that. I I love that. You know what? Let's go in that cave. That bear is probably left. I he maintains, and I could have this wrong. He maintains that um, by by essentially following following the, the heart and essential tenets of every single religion on the face of the earth. That I am somehow souring the very nature of my existence, and instead of discovering cool stuff, I am focused on bad stuff, and that's all I'm discovering, right? Uh, um. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my 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 jujitsu is terrible. Uh, um. But my, you know the funny thing is about that: my jujitsu is only terrible against some people. <laughs> like jujitsu is like suits, right? You know, you can get just because you have a $2,000 Hugo Boss suit doesn't mean it's going to look good on you. You know, you could have the shittiest tailor in the world. And then then, then the the tailor, you know, the the, the suit all of a sudden looks like garbage. No, 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 no. You got to figure out the style that suits you. I have figured out that the style that suits me is all upper body, right? If I escape in any significant way, it's gonna be because I got my head, because I got a thick neck. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hugo Boss wasn't no, no, no Nazi. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, you know, the arms. I, yeah, okay. Yes, the three hundred and forty-five pound guys, the two hundred and ninety-pound guys, the two hundred and sixty-pound guys, the two hundred and forty-five-pound guys. My jujitsu doesn't work on. However, a- a- Marty G is the only guy who weighs 160 pounds, who it doesn't work, well, in Francisco. Well, Francisco, eh. and <laughs> You know what? I don't know any other 59-year-old guys who are going to jujitsu seven days a week. So that's, that's the end of that. So my point is, so the idea is that cynicism, I'll give you an example of his, of his opinion insofar as it makes sense to me that I've understood it. Right? I go into a party. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be effective. Three forty-five is three forty-five. I go into a party, all right? Uh, let me let me give you one as as close to as close to reality as humanly possible. An actual story. I go into a party and I tell my roommate at the time, Mike Rosenthal. I tell you know what? I'm going to talk to the best look- looking woman there at the party. I'm just going to go up to her. total stranger. Watch me. And I'm going to talk to her for 30 minutes about a single thing. And it'll be great. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay." like what? I go, her watch. So I go up to this woman, comfortably. I said, you think best looking woman in the point? We will go up to I said, hey, I'm sorry. We don't know each other, but that watch is phenomenal oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is Rosh Hashanah for some of us. So, yeah, serious day. Well, it starts Monday. She goes, Do you like it? I go, Listen, I'm from New York. I know jewelry. That is a fantastic watch. Where'd you get it? And we start talking about 37 minutes later. We're still talking about the watch. This woman invited me to Thanksgiving dinner at her fucking house. Sight unseen, this was back like the, like early October, invited me to her house for Thanksgiving. The woman never seen me before in my life. I'm sure she went home and told me, oh, I just met this guy he's so, he's such a great listener. Now, the Pollyanna would say, you went into this with bad intentions. You went looking for shortcomings and you found shortcomings. You haven't achieved anything. Your negative worldview is making your life a a stinking pot of swill. You know, you could have gone up and actually let social interaction fundamentally work the way it works. You know, people free radicals and they somehow, you know, you bump into somebody, you step into somebody, you go, hey, do I know you look like? And you start a conversation and it could have been a genuine. Organic conversation about. Whatever you chose to speak about, like a real exchange between human beings, but instead you 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 went into it like as a cynical prick to prove some sort of ill gotten point and uh, to get to weasel out of it a, a Thanksgiving a, a free Thanksgiving meal and what have you proved you you set up the experiment to like you know huh. Electricity and water results in death, and you threw a radio in the bathtub while somebody was taking a bath, and they died. That's no experiment at all. You're an asshole. That's kind of what he said, more or less. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, Yeah, like Marty G says, it works for me. It's a regional thing, maybe, you know? A guy says to me, Eugene, you're always complaining about money. It's ridiculous. If I had the kind of money you had, I could I could I'd be rich. You know? He says, How how much do you make a month? I "I don't know. I don't know, five thousand dollars, but this is you know who knows, working. Five thousand a month. I said, if I had that money, I could double that for you in a month. Why don't you get take a gamble on me? Give me 5 grand for a month. I get, you know, give me 5 grand on June 1st, July 1st, I'll give you 10 grand back. I was like, "Wow." You would do that for me." He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Hey, man, I got an even better idea. Why don't I just give you every single penny that I ever have?" I will give you every single penny I ever have, and then you could double it for me. Would you do that for me? College you willikers. And then he was like, okay, you now you're just making fun of me. He's like, get the fuck out of here. You go double my money. have you ever thought about making money while you sleep? Nobody, like my friend in Tel Aviv, says, nobody who knows anything about life talks to these people. And so then he finally said, you know what? You know what? You know what the real issue is? The real macro issue is I'm a bad guy trying to be a good guy. Right? However, you, Eugene, are a good guy trying to be a bad guy. And this is where Marty G came to my rescue, and he said, no, 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 Eugene is a good guy. And then I forget what he said. I stopped listening. The point is, <laughs> the point is, I lose less in life in total by be, being paranoid, distrusting, and cynical about my prospects for fellow human beings i what did i just say i lose less and there and it's not false i because i lose less it's not automatic that i gain more but i gain more of what's significant i lose less and gain more of what's significant without 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 um without Un, without burdening myself with an undue load of darkness. And the example I used was a girl who, then, who in college as well, told everybody who said, aren't you and Eugene together? She was like, you know, I never wanted to be that way with Eugene. Huh. It got inconvenient for me to say, look, she invited me over. She said, uh, it's getting kind of late. If you're going to stay, why don't you put some wood on the fire? while I change. So my animal brain kind of working, I put, a, I put about like 15 logs on the fire. She comes down from upstairs room naked, crawls into the blanket where I am fully clothed, and says, oh, it's so cold, chilly, and embraces me and begins to kiss my face. I don't know about you, but was I wrong in assuming at that point that the way she wanted to be with me was not the way she was with her parish priest, her professors, her brother, that there was something fundamentally different about our exchange at that point in time. And yet, Everybody who we went to college with believes that she never wanted to be that way with me, which is not the same as saying I was never that way with him. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. So my point is, my point, my, my point here is that, that, um, in that instance, the earlier version of me, wanted to wanted to really, the Pollyanna version of me that we all started out as, wanted to believe that a completely naked woman wrapping herself all around me, um, that it didn't, autom- that maybe she really was cold and that maybe her clothes really were dirty and she didn't want to wear them. And maybe there was nothing at all sexual about her sticking her tongue in my mouth. That's what the Pollyanna, but fundamentally, the new me goes, you're a fucking idiot. And you should have hit it rather than saying at a certain point, I guess I got to go. <laughs> I-, I can tell you what we did do, but I- this is not a kiss and tell. I don't need to, to relitigate this thing from 1981. <laughs> That I'm not at all bothered about. <laughs> well, uh, forty years later. So, so I was thinking about this whole cynicism thing, and I, and I and about being and becoming, and I said, you know what, you know, the being that I am, what I am, part. If, like Klaus Barbie said, world famous Nazi, if I had a thousand lifetimes to lead, I would lead them as I have. Okay, okay, in his case he was fucked up. But in this instance, in this instance, I would have to say that cynicism has served me well. And I I'm reading a book to my kid, it's around here somewhere, and I call it the gingerbread kid, because who says he's got to be a man? I got all daughters, I gotta change the edit, you know, I gotta make editorial calls. Gingerbread kid, and I talk about the fox. And the fox at the end says, I'll get you across the river. I'll save you from the little old lady. I'll save you from the little old man. I'll save you from the, the gentle brown cow. I'll save you from the bear. Just hop on my tail. You know, I'll say, you, know you want to eat me? Because I don't eat, kid. I don't even really like gingerbread. Come on, just hop on my tail. I'll get you across. And he's got two frog friends, one who's hiding in the water. And now I say, listen, you know what that frog is hiding? That frog is hiding because that frog knows foxes eat frogs too. And the other frog is like, don't believe him about the g- not liking gingerbread. Gingerbread kid jumps on the fox's tail. It's just getting kind of wet. The fox's tail is drooping in the water. It's all right, climb up on my back. And at a certain point in the drawings, I say, "Hey, kid, you notice something? She's sub-language at this point, but I'm thinking she's understanding me. So you notice that the fox is no longer smiling. At first, the fox is all smiles. I like, help you cross the river. I help you get. I go, it's like the Oxbow song Sawmill. Sawmill. Till that front door slam and that back door lock, and it's just you and him and his lumpy cock and his naked face in that naked place. That's Oxbow's song, Sawmill, off of an evil heat. The fox stops smiling. And this is where Pollyanna realizes that they've got 22. Or alternatively, another gambling matter, they've got snake eyes. They look down, at they're, they're busted. That's what the Pollyanna, and the Pollyanna has that moment more times than they care to admit but they still want to believe things are okay. They look down and, ah, I got trumped. My ace got trumped. Ah, I'll take another hit. 23, the house wins again. The fox is no longer smiling, and the gingerbread kid at that point is just hoping, hoping for the best, to cross animal metaphors, hoping that the bear is not in that cave that fifth time and climbs up onto the fox's back. So your back is getting kind of wet. That's cool. Climb up onto my head, says a no longer smiling fox. You ever look into a fox's face? The cartoon versions of foxes are funny when compared to real foxes. Real foxes will kill your cat. They kill your dog. They will drag off your small child. They don't fuck around. They're no fox stores when they wake up. They don't get to it. They don't eat. Fox finally says, you know, the gingerbread kid says, you know hey hey, you know your head's getting wet. That's okay. Jump on my nose. And that's how I tell a kid the story. With because because call it cynicism, I call it a level of awareness that you it behooves you to have. There's a reason why the Robinson family Uh, motto, I'm having somebody design a coat of arms. The Robinson family motto is, what's that supposed to mean? Because stuff changes and it changes fast. And like the Boy Scouts of America say, you got to be prepared. These are the powers and virtues of negative thinking. Not being prepared, Pascal Wager style, is worse for you in the long run than being prepared. What do I cut myself off of? And what do I protect myself from? In the ledger of life, (laughs) you're talking to a man who's carried a weapon every single day since he was 13 years old. Like Dr. Dre said, if you see me on the solo tip, believe that I'm packed. Or something like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I was going to screw that up. I was going to screw that up. Barely. Which brings us to the Joe Rogan piece, or the whole Joe Rogan piece. Some of you, I know at this point, I can't imagine that all of you are subscribed to the substack, or have, alternatively, if you've carried out, if you've, if you've read the substack. But this is about... The the, uh, the Sorrows of Young Joe Rogan, which is a ripoff uh, on the title of The Sorrows of Young Werther, which is a great book. And I fully it's a short novella. I fully advise you reading it. Not everybody's going to get that, and I don't care. If I was writing it for Ozzy, they would, of course, edit it out to say something else because nobody's going to get that, and I don't care. Look it up, The Sorrows of Young Werther. It's a great book. You should, and also the second line is a rip from a uh, from a uh, Sam Haynes song, I believe. At war with the planets, at war with mankind, written by Glenn Danzig. I cut deep, cut wide. So I was a young Werther, look it up, which means I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, actually look it up and tell me, please. I should remember who the author is, I can't. <laughs> Senior citizen. So the pieces on Ho Jo Gate on Joe Ojo oh, and you know, it's e- it would be easy to do a hit piece, but I'm fundamentally what I'm curious about is how Joe Joe um um uh-huh. <laughs> it is is a t- Joe where he is on the whole the the, the being becoming thing because it's see uh, Goethe yeah it was Goethe thank you it seems to me that he that he's at that age i mean he's in his 50s now right i'm not that much older than him. i think he's in his 50s so i wonder where he is with the becoming being thing and at what point did he decide you know what i got to eat or, or does he or does he so it's a meditation and I, I go from the moment I met him face to face and, and, and through these peregrinations to where he is now, COVID, you know, the, the horse dewormer taker, and, and uh, you know, and this kind of real brittle manhood thing. And I start to think about this in, in relationship to becoming and being, and of course, cynicism. I mean, the thing is, Pollyanna is categorical. And that's what disturbs me about it. Cynicism is not categorical. I don't don't greet exchanges with my offspring with cynicism. I don't greet exchanges with my friends or, or, or business associates, artistic partners with a certain amount of cynicism, unless it's Nico from Guitar Player for Oxbow, and then there's a little bit of cynicism. That's just the nature of our relationship. But in general, if i don't know you if we've not met if it, and keep in mind it's really seriously only comes into effect in things that involve cash or sex All right a guy a long time ago asked me um, you got to read the substack, the brittle manhood thing, but I will go into it a little bit before we talk the, very little about this fight. This guy asked me at one point to have, um man, I can't tell his story. I can't tell PG version of his story. Whatever. He asked me to have sex with his wife. And, of course, I was at the point in my life where I was like, hot diggity dog, yes. Uh, where are you going to be? He goes, oh, I'll be there too. I go, oh. So now I'm like, worried about a whole sneak attack during the whole exchange, right? But then halfway through the exchange, I realize how incredibly exposed I am, right? And and how much I'm relying on all this positivity that, that Pollyanna's talk about. Now, dude is having a hard time getting it up, right? And it's clear to me that his wife is trying to torture him somehow. Tortured him because they had a threesome in the hot tub at the house with one of her friends, and she broke down in the middle and started crying. And then he was like, "Oh, babe, you're being silly, but okay, we could stop." And she felt like, "You want to? I'm being silly, huh? You want to see how it's like? I'll show you what it's like." So she went crazier than she probably has. You you know, I know me. It was good, but you know, yeah, screaming and tearing things off the wall and throwing, thrashing about like So, dude was having a hard time. He's he keeps walking around the room. I know what he's doing. He's going in the bathroom trying to get a little head start. before he comes back, and, and then he comes back, and she's doing it all this you know, crazy stuff. And I go, what's to stop him? What's to stop him from shooting me? This is a guy who doesn't even know my last name. Well, maybe he knew my last name, but you know what I mean. He's in some hotel somewhere. We don't know who this guy is. Broke in. Now, eventually, I mean, this is in the days before cell phones. Eventually, you know, the truth would out. Maybe so I can't be doing this anymore. This is this is dangerous. You know, I, I'm exposed here. Not only that, the guys wandering around behind me—I don't know what's in store. Now, they were perfectly decent people. I neither—I got didn't get shot. There was no back end sneak. The point is, sex or cash. You find that completely normal people do completely abnormal things when it comes to sex and cash, and it pays to pay attention to this stuff with a slightly jaundiced eye. If you don't want to find yourself suddenly trying to explain to somebody something along the lines of, next thing I know, a buddy of mine is lured into sending penis pictures to some guy who's trying to set up a threesome with his wife. At some point, he's like, well, where's your wife? He goes, oh, she's on vacation. Well, when's she going to show up? He goes, oh, he goes, you know, there's no wife, is there? There's there's no wife. I just sent you like five pins. What, what are you even doing this for? Cynicism helps. If you're going to do strange and disgusting things, you pays to be cynical. The world is the strangest, disgusting place. It, place. it deserves to be greeted with a certain amount of jaundice cynicism. And segue to the UFC this past weekend. Ah, I picked De- uh Derek Brunson to win and he won. And my reasoning is, gifty as Derek Brunson is, he has won his last four fights, I think. gifty as he is, I know something about UK fighters that most people don't think about, certainly not John Nash, and that's that said, they don't have wrestling as yes, there's Billy Wigan, Snake Pit, uh B- Billy Riley Snake Pit and Wigan, England. Leicester England, they had these catch wrestling camps. That's one thing, they don't have wrestling as a high school sport. These cats have been wrestling since they were seven years old. Their timing, you can't beat it. You can't beat it, you can't beat it. And Darren Till had nothing. And once Brunson had figured out how little he had on the ground, that was that. Which is causing him to call out Israel and Israel had a perfect response was like, you're still a bum. I beat you once. You've shown me nothing to indicate that I won't beat you again. Why am I wasting my time? I'm not out to feed bums. This is not a bum feeding platform. Sorry. Derek Till, uh, uh, however, crazy as he is, was supposed to be the face of the – what's apparent is how aggressively the U.C. is trying to develop another uh, – the, the secret sauce that created a, a – a, 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 uh, accused rapist Conor McGregor. They're trying to create that again. They got it with this Patty Niblet guy, Patty Pity Patty, and and uh, uh, and they tried it with Till. It's clear that Till didn't work out in the same way that Sage North. But what? Sage North. But what? Sage North. Sage North. But the same way he, he didn't work out. He didn't work out either. They try it. They try to create this guy slick talking. He's got the good game and a handsome guy. He's got a man about town trying to get that UK market. You got to understand it's never going to work. It didn't work with Bisping. You you think it worked for for, uh, accused rapist Connor, Connor McNuggets. He's not English. I know to Americans, what's the difference? There's a difference. Try going to eat in Dublin and then try going to eat in London. Oh, you'll find good food in London, but it won't be British food. Good Indian food. Best Indian restaurants in the world in London. Ireland, food's great. It's a different country. Connor accused rapist, lightning in a bottle. Passed out in a club in LA, caught by TMZ. Somebody said, well, this is proof that he's not doing coke. I go, oh, is it? Four cats just died this past weekend from taking coke that was cut with fentanyl. Man, you, these guys that are trying to increase the bang for their buck with fentanyl. You know, fentanyl is like the cotton and catch the Egyptian cotton and catch 22 that Milo Minderbender is trying to get the soldiers to eat because he's closed the market on it, can't sell it. Fentanyl is cheap, easy to make. There's zero reason to mix it in with cocaine. If you want to live at this point, this point, these are the drugs that you can no longer do. Coke. Heroin. The only drug that you could do now that was not going to kill you out and out is crystal meth. And that'll ruin your teeth and kill you out and out over the long run. Yeah, you can't. I don't know why they're mixing it with fentanyl, but fentanyl is mixed and these four cats just died. So the fact that Connor uh, accused rapist Connor McGarrett, first of all, that he's passed out at the end of the night, is good. Makes him easy to find. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 you could do acid and you could do meth, you know, they're like, they, 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 they do ketamine. Well, ketamine is tough because if you had fentanyl mixed with ketamine, the symptoms, oh, well, he's passed out. He, he fall in a K hole. Who knows? He's just ruining drugs all over the place for those responsible drug users out there. So, Darren Till is is failed at this point. Now, they just figure out how they can get a graceful exit, but it'll never work, it'll never work because. Of the fact, look, Nirvana sold a lot of records in the UK. They played big shows in the UK. My friend Steve Gullick was one of the first photographers to have them sit in the UK. Big, 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 big. But you know what the UK made much more money off of? Radiohead, who initially were a Nirvana copy band. A Nirvana copy ban. It's just easier. We can, you know, the, the big, fat, wet, poisonous toad that is the bald one is trying to f- create a market in this place, and you got secondary and tertiary players in England who are willing to do this. But they're not. They're worse than Vla- uh, Vla- uh, 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 Vladimir, uh, uh, what is that, Maxim, uh, Finkelsheen, the guy from M1 who he and the Baldwin one shit-canned the Fedor deal because they couldn't come to terms. MMA will be huge in the U.K. when the U.K. owns MMA. That's all there is to it. Create a subsidiary in the U.K. where you have a president of the U.K. MMA, UFC Alliance, something. you got to give him a relative degree of autonomy, and then you'll start to get serious. But, but it's not working. Who gives a fuck about Darren Till in the U.K.? Somebody's realizing that a little bit later than everybody else. Darren Till seemed pretty peppy during the post-fight presser for a guy who's four or five fights in the hole and no longer contending for that belt. And Brunson is talking crazy, making the belt sign when Izzy sits on top of that division like a a fucking down-under speed bump of dangerous and epic proportions. Mr. BL, nice to see you. So, and then the fight before Aspinall Stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. You got you got people calling that fight a work. I'm not saying it's a work. I'm not saying it's not a work. But if they're calling it a work, that tells you all you need to know. And all these these commentator, commentator marketing hacks sitting there saying, oh, it's so great to see heavyweight get get get, just saying it doesn't make it so. And there were a couple of other noteworthy fights. The big one of course is uh is dude with this oblique kick tears the guy's ACL, MCL and everybody's like this is a dead damn Johnny Johnny Bonnie Johnny kick. We hate this kick. This kick should be this kick should be out. You know, shouldn't have this kick in and and he's like, "Well, you know what? I think you are right. I would trade elbows from from 12 to 6." or for three to nine, I I can never remember which one is banned, I would trade them for for that oblique kick. That oblique kick is Krav Maga, street self-defense shit, and in the sporting occasion, I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, the way Johnny Joni uses it, it's more like a cautionary, hit, hey, hey. But it was clear that dude had set out to, like, (laughs) like, this is... I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to woodman wide menu right now. Held it in the air and stomped right into it. And you could hear it. You could hear it crack. That's 18 months there, baby. Good luck. Go back to Lithuania. 18 months. Yeah. Give me the elbows. Keep that oblique kick. Okay, Eugene, what else? Headbutts. Ah, headbutts is a street maneuver. I like it for the street. I don't like it for the oopsie so much. So all this soft stuff on the front of the face. You got the fucking bloody, bloody fighters. Doesn't really advance position. I can live without that. So fish hooks, ball shots, headbutts, and the oblique kick. Yeah. And I want to get I want return elbows from 12 to 6. And uh kicking or stomping a downed opponent, that's 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 my jam. So I want that in. These are things I want in. These are things I can live without. I didn't see too many people in favor of that oblique kick. Johnny Boni Joni was amazingly quiet. He doesn't need to be doing that. Why? Here's a company that won't give me work. Why should I give you some shine? Well, I have no shine without that company. That's okay. You know what I do have? I got about 15 mil in the bank and the family that I love. And a bunch of dudes who hang out at the mini mart, keep me zooted up. I'm fine. So, I mean, this show this show single-handedly, I only had two cares in a 14-care fight. I know everybody's talking about Molly McCann. I don't care, too. This fight was essentially marketing for the fights coming up later on in September. And it was a way to while away the evening. Watching it now, I, uh, I, Steph bought me a, a pad where I could just put it on the pad and walk from room to room or wherever and then just carry the pad with me. And I look and I hear and I can hear the commentary. And I sort of low. I've got some wireless head. I can listen. The kid doesn't care for it. she. She actually does some. We were looking at a little bit of it yesterday. She's like, you know, because they were, and she was like, kind of laughing. It was just kind of comical. But this is how I start and start watching the boxing matches with my grandfather on TV. They used to show him on TV. That's it. That was the oofsy last night. Uh, last night, two fights that were worth it. Then. The others were mildly interesting. There was some kind of, you know, chokes and the bad. Um, I don't know what Till was doing. I don't know what he's been training. I don't know what he's been doing. Maybe he should stay off of social media. And I tell you, somebody else is taking that same train. Hate to say it, but I feel comfortable calling my shot this far out. Sugar Shane, I'm not, you can't, you can't, man. You can't do the Congo thing. You can't get. I want to pick very carefully pick the right fights to advance my brand. That's not going to work. Okay. Okie dokie, Smokey. So, go read the Joe Rogan piece because the whole thing about brittle manhood and, and and somebody was giving me a hard time. One of my one of our dudes is training with these guys, with a uh, uh, Jocko Willink and, and that whole crew of guys. And you know these guys, it's all it's a community of these guys who are a little too hip for all that Iron John shit. I know many of you too young to remember the Iron John shit, but this was like the the, the antecedent to uh the antecedent to um to kind of men's mra stuff iron john was like look the best thing for modern men is to go into the woods and beat drums and cry about their dads and hug each other some variation of that right and so you know there are these cats that kind of who are latter day saints of this church of that you know fundamentally wh- whatever civilization freud the freudian civilization civilization is discontent they're like from that school like the only thing that's wrong with men and for men has to do with the fact that we've, we've gotten further away from nature, that we've gotten further away from our instinctual selves. We've got further away from this idea, this idea, this ideation of masculinity, and we've got to get back to it. You know, damn the torpedoes. Fuck this modern, modern you know, change about how we, uh, courtly manners and all that stuff. You know, we are, you know, it's a man cave. It's not my study. You know, it used to be, I have a study. Now it's a man cave. You know, it's in the response of men being well-meaning boobs via King of Queens or Honeymooners or the Flintstones. It's, man, so the, these guys have compensated. And, you know, after Rosie Greer and It's All Right to Cry, this whole idea of the vulnerable man, the 60s and the 70s, modern man is this thing like, hey, you know, what do I, how am I supposed to exert myself? How do I play into fuck all that? Stop becoming being. You know, some of those cats eventually find their way to me. And guys have actually come out to me and said, from high school to now, have said to me stuff like in high school, like, Eugene, how do, how do I, how do I what how how do I address manhood? And and I I don't have any clear cut. I think that he actually said, What are your secrets of machismo? And I was no, you know, I'm just. Man, like Lou Reed said, I'm just trying to make the rent. Those secrets of my cheese mall. Those secrets of my cheese mall. Now, so these guys are, whether their fathers were, you know, trying to get the approval of the absent father, their fathers did them dirty, their mothers were overweening uh, uh, presences in their life. I don't know what the damage was. I don't know what the damage was, but, you know, these guys, they collect together under the same umbrella, and it starts to feel... Uncomfortable to me. I'm not a joiner. I'll be over here. And are you other cats who are not joiners, because inevitably those groupings of, of, of uh, put upon men end up doing, f- try falling asleep at their parties and you find out what I'm talking about. Like, or so, like, Soral once said to me after falling asleep at one of his parties, you know what the Brazilian say? I go, what's that? Say, a drunk man's asshole belongs to the world. That's what he said to me. Wow, You got a car. That's what he said to me. So this whole idea of brittle manhood that I go into, that I allude to in the in the whole Joe game piece that's on the Substack is about very much this thing. And Bruce Lee said it best. You know, what is it? it what, what's stronger? The bow that, you know, the stiff or the one that, that bends? The supple, bending one seem very manly. Oh, yeah. You go back. I got into a big fight freshman year of college, and then I'll end the show. I got into a big fight in freshman year, and they say Hero- heroic figures. If you look at the Odyssey, who were the your heroic figures? Was it Ulysses? Was it, you know, Agamemnon, Achilles? They go through, and I raise my hand and I go, I think it was Paris. I go, Paris. There was nothing heroic about Paris. He goes, yeah, I say, yeah, while well, all these idiots went out to fucking fight this war, Paris stayed back and screwed all the women. To me, that was majorly heroic. And from a genetic perspective, really the right thing to do. And everybody kind of looked at me. And then they went back to the conversation like I didn't say anything. Fine. Fine. You guys don't know nothing about life. Being, not becoming, not becoming. All this thing about trying to, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Everybody who I punched in the face in the last 10 years has had the same look on their face after I punched them in the face. It's a look of total surprise. Why? Because moments before I did so, I was smiling. Now, I got a shitty relationship with my father, but that's not why I'm punching you in the face, I'll punch you in the face because I'm a sweet, gentle guy, really, who warned you that he was going to punch you in the face, and you're still standing there. And that look of surprise surprises me every time. So I go for the supple manhood. I give, I take, you know. A buddy of mine calls me in outrage. JT is fucking the hairdresser. My girlfriend at the time, JT. Fucking Vincent, the hairdresser. What are you going to do? It never occurred to me in that circumstance to do anything. Matrix. over the shoulder. They give a fuck. I don't need to go to the woods and beat some drums and hug my male friends and cry about this. I just gotta keep on keeping on. Supple. Not becoming being. Anyway, this is version number of one. 8 or uh, 0 of the Eugene Robs the Show uh, this week. We got a lot of stuff. We got uh, it, Let It Roll, no longer hip-hop evolution. The hip-hop evolution is running our Let It Roll special on it. It's a secret thing. Technically, I'm not supposed to be talking about it, but for an extra dollar, if you watch If the Shoes Fit, you have access to it. We're doing the metal evolution now. So that's coming up Tuesday. Substat next week. And I'm also interested, I got five easy pieces that I'm planning. If there's somebody you think I should do five easy pieces on, let me know. I'm actually thinking about getting Jocko Wilnick in. Because he should. Pretty much, pretty much, I'm going to try to do it either tomorrow or the the day after. Some people I can't, some of these are written and others I have to talk to the guy. And some people I have to talk to face-to-face because they're going to try to get slick with me, and I can't have that. I'm not even going to mention who these cat- the cats are that are going to try to get slick with me. Anyway, thanks for listening. Do not die between now and next Sunday. It's a small ask. Don't die. Subscribe to the newsletter. You can do it for free. Yeah it doesn't cost you anything, or at least the very least read the, the whole Joe Gain piece, the Joe Rogan piece. It's up there now, it's up for the week, it'll be archived. Tell people about it. If we save one brittle man from going to the woods and beating drums and hugging and crying, the other men who are hugging and crying and complaining about the way they were potter trained by their fathers, if we save even one of those, like Jerry Lewis, we have achieved something. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Do not die. I got to buy a new lab, apparently. Thank you very much. Look what you made me do, which is also the name of the Substack. Bye, 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 bye.